Hello, this is a daily tech, and today I'm sharing some more tech news with you. So, let's get right into it. Uh, so, do make sure to stick around to the end though, because uh, everything here is very interesting. So, firstly, as you saw by the title, we're starting with the official Sony PlayStation 5 teardown video reveals the console's internal components. I probably could have said that quicker, uh, slower even, not quicker. I don't think I could have said that quicker. Uh, so, this was by VGC, which is Video Games at Chronicle. Uh, so they so they've already done one on the PlayStation blog, but this one went into more uh, detail. So I thought I'd use this one. Uh, so firstly, I set this video to a good point. Uh, so you can see from this image, this is the motherboard that they're using, or at least one side of it. Uh, so obviously, there's not much to see. I reckon there's a bit on the other side, to be honest. Uh, what can we see on the? Actually, what's on SSD encoder? So there's like dots. Probably could have skipped for a different time, but still, it's a really nice console. Uh, so, of course, you can see the CPU. Uh, these things here, I believe, are the SSD things. I believe. I think that's what it said down here. Um, no. So this thing in the middle here, this kind of like this mini processor kind of looking thing, is the SSD controller or encoder, something like that. It makes the SSD better. Uh, so in a PlayStation blog. Uh, the SIE EVP of Hardware Engineering and Operation, uh, Masio, I'm not going to be able to say that, I'm very sorry about that. Uh, so it said, in this turn video of the PlayStation 5 console, you will see how we thoughtfully integrated our technology into this console. We felt it was inevitable to make a generational leap in terms of performance uh, in order to deliver a new next generation gaming experience. However, to do so, we have to balance every aspect of the system, from focusing on reducing the noise level to enhancing the cooling capacity more than ever before. We've high also highlighted the mechanism uh, in the video that we've incorporated into the PlayStation 5 console to make the operating sounds even quieter. Uh, after an extensive and complex trial and error process, we're pleased with the end result, and I cannot wait for our fans uh, to get our hands on the PlayStation 5 console and hear it for themselves. So they're really happy with the cooling, at least, which is nice. As the console has two exterior white panels which are easily removed to reveal the cooling fan, it's nice to see that they're easy to remove, and it's capable of drawing air from both sides according to ITO. Or, I don't know, is that a name or not? It might be, yeah I think it is. Uh, the PlayStation 5 also has two dust catchers which is nice, and dust collected in them can be vacuumed out with two holes that are accessible by the exterior panel, so uh, easy enough to get rid of the dust which is really nice. Um, okay, so there's the images here, so that's the custom SSD controller. Uh, if you're not watching, then uh, it, just, it looks like a mini processor. There's really not much I can say. There's liquid metal. For, that doesn't really mean much. So you got a AMD Ryzen Zen 2 processor. Uh, cooling fan, which looks actually really cool. Uh, system memory, which is GDDR6, 16 gigs. Uh, so those are those little chips. Not um, fixable or anything like that. Not like we expected it. And the SSDs are also soldered down. Uh, so that is a shame, it's like, of course they're their special SSDs. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so you can see an image of it all down here. you got the console, you got the two side panels, um, disk drive, consistent with the disk drive, uh, fan, motherboard, plate, just a plate of where things must have pressed down. Anyway, no, so it's really, I think it's really cool how they're showing a teardown of this uh, console to be honest. I mean, some companies don't do it. Uh, also, it launched on November the 12th, just thought I'd add that. Uh, so, it's really um, interesting that they're doing this, obviously, because, I mean, they've added 
Like, they don't, I don't feel like they normally do this. Maybe they did play Street Fighter, I don't remember, but I have a feeling they don't normally do this. And obviously, I say obviously way too much. I've probably said that lots. But anyway, um, so they don't normally show it, which is really uh, interesting to why they're doing this. I mean, they could, so showing how you kind of take it down. Of course, most of these parts aren't repairable, which is a bit of a shame. I mean, maybe if you can sauce a bit, even I think it's going to be, unless it's paired. If it's paired, then there's no chance to do it. It'll be really annoying if that's repaired. Uh, if they're paired, uh, and then it'll be annoying to repair, which is, I'm quite into repairing stuff, uh, especially Sewage Technology, obviously, and, um, it'd be a bit of a shame if this wasn't repairable. Anyway, so it's cool to see that they did uh, do a teardown, uh, showed internal components, um, yeah, I don't know why they would have done it, I guess it just makes you kind of feel like you know the thing more, I don't know. Maybe they want to show that they kind of know about it. They not know about it, but like they kind of want to show you. I don't know. There's probably a reason, but I'm not sure. It's a bit weird why they would do that, but oh well. Uh, Apple event. iPhone 12 won't be alone. Here's what else to expect. Uh, so the Apple event has been announced for October the 13th, and we expect the iPhone 12 Pro uh, and iPhone 12, I assume. Uh, AirPod Studio, which is something really cool, and of course other rumored devices. Uh, so another Apple event will be held on October the 13th, like two, three months after the uh, first one this year, I don't know, they're a bit weird the way they do these events. Uh, the Tech Giant officially announced, uh, we can only assume the iPhone 12 series will be unveiled, uh, but there's a few one more thing announcements that will be dazzled with, and here's everything we expect to debut there. So of course a few things we can cross off the list, uh, oh uh, by the way this is by Tech Creator, uh, so there's a few things we can cross off the list, um, obviously the iPad Air 4, uh, and an Apple Watch 6, we can already cross off, and an Apple Watch SE. So there's no chance of another Apple Watch or probably iPad either. I mean, maybe iPad Pro actually thinking about it. We'll get into it. Uh, there's a few rumoured Apple items that we could see during the event, aside the iPhone 12. We've been hearing a lot about AirPod, Apple Studio, um, which obviously will be that new over-ear headphones. Did a dedicated episode on that. Can't remember if it was one of the ones that I like or not, so I have to go and watch it, but... And we could also see the AirTags tracker, which could have, which have cropped up in the iOS software over the last couple of years, so we can expect this. Finally, surprise rumours of a smaller air power wireless charger have been wondering, and I think it's possible, uh, seeing as um, air power was obviously, they still want to make their own official wireless charging, obviously get more money. I guess that's probably something they'll do. So, of course, here's what we expect in more detail. So, iPhone 12, I have talked about just like twice or three times now, to be honest. So, we're expecting two successors to the iPhone 11, uh, the affordable flagship, and uh, like less affordable, so like an iPhone mini and iPhone 12. I've already talked about this OLED display, uh, smaller and larger one, 5.4 inches being the smaller size, which is a nice size. Uh, and, of course, there's going to be two higher ones, iPhone 12 Pro and 12 Pro Max. Uh, the 12 Pro may get a 6.1 inch display. Uh, up from the 5.8 inch display, and the iPhone 12 Pro Max can get a 6.7 inch display. Right now, AirPods uh, Studio. Uh, so, Apple's online store removed speakers and headphones from the third party sellers, uh, which hinted that they're paving way for their own AirPods Studio to drop, which does make sense. So, we've heard a bit about the over here headphones designs with mock ups showing a metal frame and heavy pads around the ears. Uh, and around the headband as well. Also notice some details about potential features, magnetic ear cups, uh, but no headphone jack, they'll be mainly wireless with a USB-C port. Also if they charge like that, I mean this is a concept, but if they charge like this, then 
That'd be really cool. Like a wireless charger, you just put the head down, but it could probably will just charge a USB C. Uh, so, so we did see other stuff, right? Apple AirTags. As we've been expecting Apple AirTags for some time, and since they weren't revealed at the September event, uh, its follow up in October is the ch next chance we'll see uh, Apple's take on the tile like tracker. Oh, yeah, I forgot that was the event, wasn't it? No. I was thinking about like the one where they just talked about software. I completely forgot they did a September event. Uh, and of course, we've leaked seen on the AirTags app, would be part of iOS 14, uh, which users have had the chance to download. Uh, but rumors track to other tracking capabilities like AR capabilities are that uh, users point their cameras around to find digital balloons that represent misplaced air tags that are in range. Uh, air power, like a smaller version of air power, so a prototype was uh, apparently revealed in back in August, uh, reigniting the rumor mill that was on the way. Of course, it could have just been an old prototype. Uh, Apple claims that it couldn't get. Uh, the charge the charge calls to working up to its standards and that could still be true but maybe they have done it maybe it will be the full air power even though i believe it could just be a smaller uh one that they just want to sell obviously to get more of their own uh products out there uh so that's quite interesting uh hopefully we do see all of that stuff maybe probably i'm thinking we probably won't see air power i'm gonna be honest but it's possible or maybe that'll be next year i'm not sure I think the headphones we can almost definitely say we'll be seeing. iPhone 12 I think is more than very much likely. And um, obviously AirTag's quite possible seeing it's an iOS 14 code. Uh, but yeah, I don't think there's really much more to say about that. Nothing else I was forgetting. Nope, so actually any more surprises? Uh, perhaps we'll see an iPad mini. It was last updated in 2019 of March. Uh, or even the first Apple Silicon 12-inch uh, MacBook rumor for 2020. There's a lot more we could see, but we don't know too much about those, so we can't really talk about that. Oh, for once, I'm actually on the UK edition. That's actually quite nice. I don't normally look at this. I mean, for a few of them, I've been on the New Zealand edition, just thought I'd say that. Uh, so, next one. Google Chrome warning. Uh, you may want to remove these extensions from your browser. This is a bit of an older article. This is by Express. Uh, I didn't see it, though. For some reason, it didn't come up. But now it has, so we'll... Uh, just read for it. So Google Chrome users may be uh, left thinking twice about two extensions that were av available to download from the uh, Google Web Store. Uh, the Up Voice and Ads Feed extension were added to the official Google Chrome Marketplace back in September and November of last year. So almost a year old now and a year old. Uh, so application downloaded over 5,000 and 10,000 times respectively. However, the third-party extensions for Google Chrome are now subject of a lawsuit that was fired by social media giant Facebook at the start of this month. So Mark Zuckerberg's firm has alleged that the extensions in question maliciously uh, scraped user data without authorization from Facebook and Instagram. So Brand Total Ltd, an uh, Israel-based company, as well as a, a Delaware subsidiary, uh, Unimania, which would be new in the lawsuit. Uh, Facebook claimed that UpVoice ads and ads feed extensions for Google Chrome were designed to scrap uh, public and non-public data from user accounts. So according to a post by ZDNet, Facebook in court uh, documents claimed the upvoice uh, up scraped user data from Facebook, Instagram, Amazon, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and YouTube profiles. Uh, so while AdsFeed allegedly collected user data from Facebook, Instagram, Amazon, Twitter, and YouTube profiles, the data was allegedly stolen, including a target's name, user ID, uh, their gender, date of birth, relationship status, and location information. While information uh, useful to advertisers was also allegedly scrapped. Uh, so Facebook said that 
Both of the Google Chrome extensions use uh, almost identical code, scrap data and send it back to the same remote servers. Uh, the Menlo Park firm believes two companies mentioned in their lawsuit are one and the same, which could be possible. Uh, so it's complete. Uh, Facebook said defendants uh, shared common employees and agents. For example, Brandtoto's chief product um, and general manager uh, created Facebook accounts in the name of Humania and the Adsfeed extension. Uh, so Brandtoto's chief uh, technology officer and co-founder also administered uh, Humania accounts on Facebook. Uh, so Facebook has asked for permanent uh, injunction against both companies uh, mentioned in the lawsuit to prevent them from accessing Facebook and Instagram websites. Uh, the social media giant has also asked for the firms uh, mentioned in the lawsuit to be blocked from making further Google Chrome extensions and asked for the compensatory damages. Uh, in the aftermath of the details of the lawsuit emerging on Thursday, October the 1st, uh, two Google Chrome extensions were available to download from the web store, but they have been since removed. Uh, if you are else for the listings of the extensions, now bringing up 404 error message, which means it just doesn't really exist. Uh, yeah, so a bit interesting there. So basically seeing your data as far as I read. So yeah, seeing your data, not very good, wouldn't have them. Um, I mean, I don't use Google Chrome, I use Firefox. There's reasons behind that. But I like Firefox, it's nice. Of course, don't download extensions that you're not sure about. Um, only download safe ones. Uh, yeah. I mean, things like you can trust. Like, I know you can trust Honey. Uh, that's actually one I have. Um, things like that. Just don't get anything that doesn't seem... Just look it up in the internet. It generally says stuff about it most of the time. As long as it's popular. If it's not popular, either, I wouldn't download it. So, it depends what it does. If it's just like a web browser game, it shouldn't be too bad. But if it's kind of something that kind of, um, maybe even an ad blocker, for that, then I would be a bit wary. Uh, more Google news though, hands on with Google Chromecast with Google TV. Now I'm really interested in this Chromecast, uh, seeing as it's now got a remote. I can't remember, maybe they did have a remote, but I swear they didn't. Oh yeah, so the remote out of it's just really cool. And of course Google TV. Uh, so every fall Google holds a hardware event which reveals uh, Pixel flagships and other devices. Uh, this year's event was notable, it held uh, virtually, which everything seems to be doing now. It's really cool the way they've uh, taken the thing in this, you know, the way Apple have done it, the way um, even Google have done it. I didn't actually watch the Google event, but um, the way, what was the other one? Uh, what was it? Samsung as well. Uh, so, um, one of the uh, cool things is, of course, the Chromecast. And there's some pos- uh, what are we- so, of course, what is it, so, okay, so the Google TV solves uh, problems, it includes a full user interface called Google TV, which looks and works like the UIs on other streaming boxes, and will assumptively uh, eventually replace Android TV, uh, which we would expect, Google owns Android, Android can be replaced. Uh, and it comes with a great little remote which seems to work well in early testing and it's uh, quite inexpensive at just $49.99 uh, US dollars and the Chromecast Ultra 4K starting at $69.99 uh, no, so by comparison the uh, Ultra 4K started at $69.99 when it launched back in 2016 so nice to see the price dropping so compared to the Ultra the Chromecast uh, with Google TV looks and works similarly uh, though features a kind of oblong uh, body instead of a circular form factor 
It also requires a power adapter connected by uh, USB-C, which we have been seeing, uh, which is an improvement over micro USB. I mean, maybe not so much an improvement, but USB-C is just nicer, I think. It also comes with multiple colours, snow, uh, sunrise, which is pink, uh, snow is white, uh, sky, which is light blue, whereas old models uh, were white, but black would make more sense to behind a TV. Is there even a black colour? Uh, so, setup is similar to one of the Nest audio speakers or really any uh, modern connected device, which is, I say, simple, time but time-consuming process with multiple steps, which involves downloading stuff and things like that. So, in good news though, uh, pairing the TV with a TV, or something smart TV, and a soundbar was straightforward, it worked well, and stuff like that. The interface is also straightforward, uh, with top level uh, movies, shows, apps, and library options, so there's no real advertisements that they've seen, uh, which is a problem with Roku and uh, the Fire TV stick. But it's very similar to Amazon's uh, UI. It's good to see that there's not ads on this though, which is nice. They've only found two issues which they assume are temporary. The UI sometimes gets stuck in a blankish screen in which you can see content boxes but not what they're meant to display. Um, obviously they've got a picture over here, it's actually just like backgrounds for them. I assume this will be fixed obviously because it looks like a bug, which I mean I would assume it would be. Uh, also the library view is a bit tough. Movies and shows uh, each get only one row to display all of the content in your library. And for people who have hundreds of movies to watch, that isn't ideal. Uh, content playback works as expected, though, with nice features, uh, caption toggles, and other settings. Uh, so it's nice to use, stuff like that. And beyond that, you'll find all the expected settings interfaces. Uh, for those familiar with past, uh, familiar with past video-based Chromecast dongles and Google Smart Space, you'll also find a familiar ambient mode uh, that appears after a timeout period. Uh, they've configured this to display. Uh, photos which is kind of cool uh, so it's a great device for the living room uh, but yeah I think it's just really cool I think the addition of a remote now I have gone on about this remote way too much but I think the addition of the remote is really good and now it's more of a smart TV instead of just a the thing that I really like the Chromecast right I I like the Chromecast I don't have one but I like them right and obviously the only issue that you have to talk to and actually get things to play and sometimes I mean people who have used a smart speaker have probably uh, realised that sometimes it doesn't detect uh, everything. So it's nice to see it's a remote you can click things instead of having to talk and of course it does have a smart speaker uh, built into the remote technically so that is nice. And of course you can still hit uh, uh, set it up to um, your Google device. I'm just trying to be careful not to activate them, and of course, um, it will still work like that as well, I assume, which is nice. Uh, next, Loaf, uh, this is, okay, so this pass, I'm really bad at saying who they were by, but I really should. Uh, the last one was by uh, Forut, and the next one is by Row2VR. So, Lo-Fi uh, creator teasers prequel game Agency for Oculus Quest. Uh, so Iris VR, the game uh, studio behind Cyberpunk titles, uh, Technolus in 2016, and they're still in production lo-fi teased at some new footage of the Oculus Quest game Agency. Iris VR says that Agency is a prequel episode to the lo-fi, the, the non-linear linear, uh, cyberpunk game which first uh, garnered support through a Kickstarter campaign last year, or late last year. Uh, so Blair Renaud, uh, studio CEO and director creator, released a quick sneak peek 
um, of the game, and it's still in development though. Outside of that, agency itself is a largely uh, a mystery. Sorry, uh, in terms of gameplay, if it's anything like the Lo-Fi though, in which is slated to put you in the shoes of a retro futuristic cop for non-linear uh, jaunt through cyberpunk slum, expect to see much more techno uh, overtures to uh, to Blade Runner and RoboCop, and hopefully a bunch of classic gaming arcade cabinets too. As any VR can, developer can attest, Oculus has set a fairly high bar for content quality. Uh, on the Quest, all the content generally is quite good. Uh, something Oculus Content Ecosystem Director Chris Pruett uh, says in a developer blog post is higher than we ever enforced before. Uh, which is really nice, of course, getting good games. So, with the entry of the Oculus Quest 2, which is arriving on October the 13th, the company is no doubt looking to expand its content library to satisfy those upgrading from the original 2019 Quest, as well as newcomers looking for games that make use of the Quest uh, better resolution display and faster Snapdragon XR2 chipset. To be fair, I'm probably looking at getting a quest to be honest, so give my views on that. Uh, so, yeah, quite cool. It's nice to see more games getting added. Uh, it's always good to see more games getting added though, as well. Obviously, more people will then want to buy the console. I mean, I cast it as a console to be fair. I mean, when you think about it, this is really competitive. This is actually kind of better than a console in some ways. It's a new kind of format. Like, it's weird. Um, it kind of competes with the consoles. It's at a cheaper price well apart from the Xbox Series S, which is all know is really good. But I mean, it's kind of cool. Uh, two more articles now. So um, I don't know why I said that. To be fair, there's really no point in saying that. But the last one's really cool, so I would stick around for long. If you're, if anyone's actually watching, with probably not. But there we are. I mean, comment if you're watching. I mean, it's probably not. But again, just comment if you're watching. Uh, so Steel Series announced Artics um, 7X and Artics, is it Artics? Yeah, Artics uh, 7P headsets for the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5. I assume the Xbox Series S as well. Just to be clear on that, and they look really cool. Uh, so Steel Series today out. Uh, now, oh, this is by uh, Windows Central. Uh, so Steel Series today announced the Artics uh, 7X and Artics 7P uh, for the Xbox Series X and Xbox and S and PlayStation 5 respectively. Uh, so based on around the original Series Artist 7, these new headsets are also feature a USB-C dongle. Uh, they feature a 2.4 GHz wireless audio and 24-hour battery life, which is really nice. Um, obviously, longer battery life is good. As the Artist 7X is designed for the Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S, uh, though it's also compatible with the Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, PC, and Android, because Xbox tends to be a bit less picky, i found. Because they're owned by Microsoft. Uh, the Artic 7X is only available in black, while the 7P comes in both black and white. Uh, you can see both images of it uh, below. Both look really cool. I really like the Xbox One, to be fair. I mean, if you have a PlayStation, obviously that one's really cool. But I mean, that Xbox One's really nice, I'm going to be honest. I like the little green on the headband, to be honest. Headband, like the thing goes on your head. I like the thing. It's not the actual top of it, though. It's like really good thing. Anyway, so this is really sure. Uh, so depending on how they perform, the RC 7X could end up on their list of best Xbox headsets available, which we could expect. Are a bit pricey though at $149.99 US dollars uh, at Steel Series, but they could come on offer at Prime Day. Uh, so do watch out for that, I guess. Um, yeah. And for the final one, which is really interesting, uh, some Razer news. Um, Razer credit card has an LED logo because I mean LED makes you a pro gamer. I mean, 
Everyone knows that, right? So Razer appears to be expanding their ever so slightly out of PC gaming accessories, so now producing their very own credit card. So, of course, first revealed earlier today by Razer and reportedly and reported on by PC Gamer. This is by Games Radar Plus, I believe. Yeah, Games Radar Plus and just Games Radar. I don't know, it's a bit weird. I didn't really use this uh, thing much. Uh, so, uh, don't get too excited though about getting your hands on this new credit card because it's only in the beta phase right now, uh, according to Razer's official press release. Uh, they will begin rolling out the new credit card through their Razer uh, FinTech Technology Arm. Uh, right now it's only available in Singapore uh, for up to 1,337 people in total, uh, which is very specific. In addition to the extravagant LED lighting, Razer actually operates a cashback system through their credit card. So you'll be able to earn 1% cashback through certain purchases at Razer and specifically specify i can't say it today uh these certain purchases right now and you'll earn five cent cashback through purchases on the razor store and razor gold uh there's actually an option to receive a version of the razor credit card without the led like uh but while you forgo the luminescent radio logo uh alludes i mean me as well the person writing the article who is it written by uh written by i don't know it's a bit weird saying that uh hyron cryo probably not pronounced like that anyway so um this is really uh, why you wouldn't get the light up one though is very interesting the light up one's so cool i mean it's really nice bit of a shorter one there again but still very interesting uh but anyways if you did enjoy today's episode oh, can i just point out something i'm on a us edition i don't know why it doesn't automatically does anything change i guess it's just